are here for a reason. This news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right on Radio. You are here for a Today we are doing the good news, Jesse, because we are studying the Bible. And yes, this is going to be good news today, although this is a really interesting chapter, Jesse. Um, You know, before it seems that in, in the book of Revelation, before the Lord does something really big, he takes a chapter just to set it up. <laughs> like, and that's what this one is. It is definitely. It, you know, this is one of the most interesting chapters where it really kind of blends the past, the present, and the future together. It really does. And uh, and again, it's it's setting up the glory of the Lord. I'm telling you, this is super powerful. Speaking of super powerful, Jesse... I know you caught it because I, I saw you were in the chat. I checked in just to see how it was going. Uh, I didn't catch it live, but Joe did fantastic last night talking he about uh, spiritual warfare. Yeah, that was a great, you know, easy, applicable. I, I don't, I hate to use the word, um, I don't want to use the word simple, but I want people to, you know, understand like Joe has this great depth of knowledge in spiritual warfare and he really has a way of breaking it down so people can understand how to easily apply it to their lives and start to just put it into motion, you know, as a regular spiritual discipline. So I you appreciate that, Joe. <laughs> I love the simplicity because it, it that that makes it applicable, right? Yeah. Uh, rather than dazzling with words and everything, it's just, let's get to the application. And that's what, you know, that's kind of like my technique. And that's why maybe I'm attracted to Joe's speaking so much. And, you know, one of the lessons that came out of it uh, that really stood out to me was the, uh, the, the two edged sword. And, mm-hmm. you know, one, one side of the sword is Isaiah 61 and the other one is Psalm 91. Yeah. And, and, and you good. know, it's like, it, when you think about that again, in practical application, it's powerful. It, it definitely is. So wonderful. Well, we, we definitely are going to have a lot more of those going on. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the feedback has been great. I looked at all the comments and people were really liking it. And look, we want to give you more content. We want to lift up people from the audience and from our community. It's not all about Jesse and I, you know, that's, that's what makes this show different. And, uh, and we're going to be doing more of that. In fact, uh, I'm just going to plant a seed in your minds right now. But, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to do something on a Saturday is it just seems that there's not a lot of content on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's not a lot available out there. And, you know, that, that's good that, you know, isn't worldly or, you know, pushing all the theories and the things that we don't want to have to have 24-7 right now. No, we don't. And, you know, quite honestly, and I've mentioned this before, but, you know, Saturday, I, we, you know, pretty much treat as my Sabbath because we're working today on a Sunday, right? Right. Um, not that this is really work, uh, reading the word of God, but you know what I mean? We're, we're showing up on time and we have a duty and, and right. we're doing it. But uh, what I want to announce, Jesse, and we were talking right before we went on air, 
we've got something else planned to go right after the Saturday night sermon. This is going to be so amazing. I'm really encouraged about it, and I plan to be there. <laughs> oh, Jesse, you froze on my end there, so I didn't catch what you said. I was saying it is very encouraging, and I plan to be there. I'm very excited about it. And I will be there as well, and uh, so will some uh, some very... Uh, important people who are going to actually be uh, taking some headship in it again because we want to elevate people. We want to we want this community to start working together, and it's it's together. It's not working against each other. We're kind of going towards one goal in unison, and I, I just think it's it's going to be really brilliant. I'm going to give the audience one hint: if you're not on our Telegram channels, you need to subscribe to our Telegram channels. It will be on Telegram. Yes. And, you know, I'm just, I don't want to, I'm waiting for you to finish making your announcement before I make more comments, Jeff. Nope, that's it. That, that That's all I'm going to say. We're going to, more, more to come later say? in the week. Okay. I guess we'll hold off then. But I'm excited about it. So I encourage everybody, please join the Telegram channels. That's it, right. Is something you know what I love about this is um, the Lord has just really been blessing us with a lot of um, I want to call them like kind of strategy ideas of uh, utilization. Uh, you know, all of us are part of the body of Christ, and we're this army. Each of us has a gift. We each have a purpose, a reason, and you know what we bring and have to offer before the Lord is fruit that, you know, that nourishes, that builds up, that uh, gives life to other individuals in this body of Christ. So, you know, that's the main reason we really want to bring people, you know, out and say, what do you have to offer? Let's, let's give it a place so that all of us can be nourished and blessed by one another. So I love that concept. So, so Jesse, before we get started, um, and I'm going to have to give a couple caveats before we get started, but I have a question, and it and it's a timely question. That's why I don't really want to put it off. And and I know we've got some big shows this week, so I don't want to spend time on it later. But I'm really struggling with something this year. Should I put up a Christmas tree? You know, I I've gone through those struggles as well. And when I think about it, you know, everything is the Lord's. He made it all. And, you know, it's like, so why not use it as something to give glory to the Lord? And I know for a lot of people, it is, a, you know, it, it's a real battle, a struggle. And I think Paul's advice to the Corinthians as they struggled through an issue, you know, they were trying to decide, should they eat meat from the market? because all the meat at the market was offered to idols, but it was the only place you could buy meat. So, you know, it was be vegan or, or buy meat from the market. And, you know, Paul so graciously, he said, you know, that the brother who eats in faith, you know, those who give thanks to the Lord for their food, they trust that God has cleansed it. God has purified it. That ultimately it comes from God's hands 
that they're to eat with a free conscience, you know, not be feel guilty or burdened. Um, those who who didn't have that, you know, their faith wasn't quite there yet. He said there was to be no condemnation, no guilt, no shame for that. And, you know, those who had the stronger faith were to uh, be understanding to those who didn't. Um, so I think that, you know, it's great advice, even in this situation, if, if you can put up that Christmas tree with a clear conscience, then do it, enjoy it, you know, enjoy what it means to you and what it brings to your mind about the Lord. If, if you don't have that clear conscience, then don't do it. Uh, you know what? I, I really love the example you gave. And, you know, I guess one of the ways is we're going to be praying against Saturnalia this year and stuff right. like that. So we are going to be doing battle. And, and you're right. Why let uh, traditions be taken? Even if they started off bad, we can turn them for good because they're right. Everything is the Lord's. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, a, you know, there's these unwritten passages. So it's not in the Bible, but I, I have heard somewhere when you're talking about, you know, the vegematics and stuff like that, that uh, some of the Pharisees went up to Paul and told him he should not eat it. And he did the, you know, the cross sign, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like, don't do it. i mean it represented in reality you know the severe (laughs) roman torturous death i mean our movies take it so lightly i you know i had a professor that went through what you know the cross actually entailed and there's things that you just don't even think about and it's the most horrific way a person could die you know and that's what it represented so even those sick guys banned it after a while, you know, just the unusual cruelty, just unbelievable. All right. Speaking of cruelty, Jesse, uh, as we get into this chapter, oh, we didn't pray yet. We were going to pray on air and normally we start with prayer. So let me, let me pray. Heavenly father, we come before you with joy and thanksgiving in our hearts, Lord, We thank you most of all for our salvation, for keeping us in your good book of life, Lord, for dying on the cross for us, for being our intercessor to the Father, for everything that you have done for us, Jesus Christ. We give you thanks, and we give you thanks for your word this morning, Lord, that you did not leave us without instruction. You did not leave us without a true history Regardless of what the world says these days, Lord, your word proves itself by its supernatural uh, washing that we experience when we read it. We, by its supernatural ability, beyond, there's no supercomputer, Lord, that could have come up with your word. We know that it was only from you, God, the creator of the heavens and the earth and the redeemer of us, Lord. We pray for every single person that's in Uh, listening to this broadcast today, tomorrow, or whenever they listen to it. Lord, we pray that you bless them, that the words stick in their ears, and anything that does not come from you, God, we pray that you remove from them and even give us immediate correction. And Father, we do give the Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit, permission to speak through us to do your will today. May your name be glorified by your word. And we pray this 
uh, and also health. Uh, there's some health issues in our audience, Father God. I just want to lift up. I don't want to give their names, but Lord, you know who they are. And Lord, there is one person in our audience who's very close to us who, uh, you know, came close to death this week. And Father, I know that you're restoring this person. And uh, and there's many more, Lord. Uh, touch each one. Give each one in our audience greater strength to go forward, greater conviction in your word, a greater ability to understand and to have the word imprinted on our hearts, Father God. We pray this in your precious name, Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Amen. Um, and speaking of immediate correction, Jesse, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb today with some of these things. It's something that I have felt for a long time. Uh, it seems that very few preachers, pastors, prophets will say the things that I'm going to say today. Uh, we'll probably lose subscribers. <laughs> well, Jeff, it's it's not about the subscribers. It's about it's bringing not. forward some of the truths, you know, and some of the truths are hard. Some of them make us wrestle with what we've known or what we believe or even what we value sometimes. And listen, if we really believe, and I do, and I and I don't know for sure, neither does Jesse, but we really believe we are going into the end days. And if we're going to the end days, there's no more time for nice guys. All right? We're going to stand on the word of God, and if it's not in the word of God, we're going to stand against it. That's right. So uh, having said that... <laughs> We'll see if Jesse rebukes me. And Jesse, I give you full permission to rebuke me <laughs> if you are in disagreement. We'll see, but, you know, first, I think if I could just propose something as well that I think will fit into what you're going to say, I would encourage people to highly uh, just research the House of One and really look into that movement. And I think that that, you know, backs up, you know, the truth of, I think kind of the stuff you're going to speak about, Jeff. Absolutely. It does. A absolutely. And yeah, the, the help, and again, you want to sign that we're going to end, end times, look at the house of one. Well, we did a show on it. So yeah. uh, I'd say that most of our uh, audience is aware of that, but look there, it's, it's just time to call out this stuff. Um, and so be it, you know, um, and you know, so if the Lord disagrees, the Lord can punish me <laughs> as well, you know, as he often has Jesse, <laughs> <laughs> the father has given me more than one spanking in my life. I think many of us have experienced that discipline. <laughs> yeah. A, a father, <laughs> a father reproves the one he loves. So. You know, yeah. uh, when we see correction coming into our lives, it's out of love because it's from our father. All right. So um, let's see. This is uh, 24. Why don't I just read and then we'll take a break and uh, and then I'll let you carry on, Jesse, from wherever. It seems like did a natural you say break. What you were going to say, Jeff, or did I miss that? Um, yeah, I think I said what I was going to say. Okay. Listen, I, for, so for the odd, I am on drugs right now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear what I was supposed to rebuke. 
that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> oh, well, you're going to hear it when we when we start analyzing the scriptures. Oh, okay. I was yeah. expecting yeah, you yeah, to yeah. say that, it now. So, got we, it. Ha we have to give a biblical context first. Gotcha. Okay. I was I was expecting it all to come now. And so that's why <laughs> I was like, wait a second, did I miss something? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, 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 no. No, we need to lay the biblical foundation. And and I you know what? There's so many parts in scripture that would support this, but this one just when I was going through it last night and this morning and doing my studying, it just it's been heavy on my heart to to come out and uh say the things that I will say and uh well, it has to do with Babylon. Well, I'll just put that out there. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. What are we doing with the verses now? Go ahead and I, sorry, I interrupted. I'll, you I'll just start and then, uh, and then you can finish. <laughs> Sounds good. And, and by the way, if I do go off camera, I, I've still got a runny nose and stuff like that from, uh, from last Tuesday's show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These witchy witches. Yeah. We took some retaliation for that, huh? And and so just so the audience knows, and we don't normally come on the air and say these things, but it's not a coincidence when both Jesse and I get the exact same thing. Like when yeah. we're poisoned on the same night, living a couple thousand miles away from right. each other. <laughs> you know, Within an hour of each other too. Yeah. And then I'm going <laughs> to end up on the phone at three o'clock in the morning dying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but there were some... Very big miracles that happened that night, Jeff. So there were, and uh, and when we did Tuesday's show because of what we were bringing out, like literally, I was going off camera because I was feeling like I was going to faint, like, and then you know got the yeah, sign. And I had it. Yeah, happening. I ended up in the ER after that that night. Yeah. Yeah, and you didn't get home till like two or three in the morning. That was a really rough day <laughs> for you. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, but you know what? These witches and warlocks had much worse planned and uh, <laughs> laugh at you. You know, they, they think they think it's going to make us quit. If anything, it makes me stronger and more like, oh, yeah, I'm coming after you. Well, it's like if this is, <laughs> I don't know, we're kind of waiting. You know, I, I don't think they bring out their big guns yet, you know, but it's like they haven't even seen ours yet. So no, like they have. The, there's a verse in Jeremiah or Isaiah where it says the uh, the Lord. It's something like the Lord has business to deal with with Babylon, and the Lord is about to open up his arsenals. And I gotta find that verse because it's one of the greatest verses. Um, oh wow! Well, that's perfect for today and. You know what? It's funny that you say that because this comes ahead of the show we're doing on Tuesday. Right. And, and that's going to be power packed. You know, a lot of, a lot of information in that. Oh, here it is right here. Jeremiah 50, uh, 25. Um, <clears throat> the Lord has opened his arsenal and brought out the weapons of his wrath for the sovereign Lord almighty has work to do in the land of the Babylonians. Isaiah 50, 25. <laughs> I love that. That is one. a perfect one to start off with. Hey, uh, just give me, give me two seconds. I'll be right back. All right. Yeah. So that's perfect for today. Cause we are definitely dealing with Babylon and what's happening there. And, you know, thinking that, you know, the Lord's not just sitting silent. 
you know, he sees the sin that's done. He's seen, you know, how uh, these individuals have continued to um, walk in the ways of Jezebel and after, you know, Lucifer and foreign gods and um, the idols in their lives. And the Lord says, enough, now it's time. I'm going to open up my arsenal. I've got work to do. Um, so he's not going to let these, you know, the enemy continue in those evil paths of wickedness that hinder the work that he has planned that he is doing. <clears throat> so we'll keep going here. Maybe I'll start reading and Jeff can catch up. So Revelation 17 one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came to me and said, Come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits by many waters. With her, the kings of the earth committed adultery, and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with the wine of her adulteries. Then the angel carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and there I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names. It had seven heads and seven horns. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittery with gold, precious stones and pearls. She held a golden cup in her hand, filled with abominable things and the filth of her adulteries. The name written on her forehead was a mystery. Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of the abominations of the earth. I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of God's holy people, the blood of those who bore the testimony of Jesus. <clears throat> I think first. Did, did you start at the very beginning? I did. Well, I, I, I couldn't... Uh... I couldn't track with you. No, what what end okay. which one did you end on? Uh, verse end of verse six. I saw the woman was drunk with the blood of God's holy people, the blood of those who bore the testimony of Jesus. When I saw her, I was greatly astonished. And then verse seven. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I think. I was looking at the wrong chapter. <laughs> I was just going to say, did I read the wrong chapter? <laughs> I was just thinking, maybe I read the wrong one. I'm pretty sure this is the right one. Yeah, it is. Again, I, my apologies to the audience. Um, and I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints. Uh, okay, so that's what you just read. And with mm -hmm. the blood of the witnesses of Jesus, when I saw her wondering greatly. And the angel said to me, why do you wonder? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and seven horns. And I, and by the way, when he tells that, it's about verse 15, so hang on. Uh, the beast that you saw was and is not and is about to come up out <clears throat> of the abyss and go to destruction. And those who live on the earth, whose names have not been written in the book of life, from the foundation of the world will wonder when they see the beast that was and is not and will come. I'm giving uh, accentuation on those words for a reason. Here is the mind which has wisdom. 
The seven heads are the seven mountains upon which the woman sits. They are seven kings, five had fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must remain a little while. The beast, which was and is not, is himself also an eighth and is one of the seven. And he goes to destruction. The ten horns, which you saw, are the ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom. But they receive authority as kings with the beast for one hour. These have one purpose, and they give their power and authority to the beast. These will wage war against the lamb. And the Lamb will overcome them because he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And those who are with him are called the chosen and faithful. You want to finish it off, Jesse? Yeah. Then the angel said to me, The waters you saw where the prostitute sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and languages. The beast and the ten horns you saw will hate the prostitute. They will bring her to ruin and leave her naked. They will eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to accomplish his purpose by agreeing to hand over the beast, their royal authority, until God's word is fulfilled. The woman you saw is the great city that rules over the kings of the earth. <clears throat> so there is a lot of symbolism here and actually a ton of information in this uh, particular chapter, it really does set up who uh, Babylon is, who the kings are. Yeah. It talks about the Antichrist here. Uh, there is a ton to unpack as we go through this. And <clears throat> I guess one of the things, uh, oh, you know what? I got to wait till 18. <laughs> but 18. I'm going to tell you who I think Bab. I'm going to tell you what I think Babylon is, mm. and I, and I just came up with this last night. I haven't heard any other preacher say it, uh, so I'm going to put put it out there, and it doesn't mean it's right, obviously. Yeah. So let's let's look at where this is in our timelines. This is right at the very end, like this is before destruction essentially. So we, as far as my opinion, my interpretation of the scriptures goes, we have already been taken out of the world. And why do I say that? Because the seven vials of God's wrath have just been poured out. Uh, God's not going to let us stay for his wrath. We're going to stay through the tribulation part, through the plagues and stuff like that. We're not here for the wrath. My opinion. So the wrath has happened, we have been taken out, and this is what's remaining on earth at this point in time. And so one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls of God's wrath came up to me saying, come here, I'm going to show you the judgment of the great prostitute who sits on many waters. So that's interesting when it says the great prostitute and many waters. 
Why do you think the symbolism of a prostitute is here? You know, I've always kind of connected it, you know, that this really is about the judgment of the hearts of men. And, you know, we've got many of the books of the prophets throughout the Old Testament where the same symbology is used um, to speak of those who, you know, of Israel and Judah. And, you know, the Lord talks about, you know, that their sin, their connection with idolatry, um, their seeking after, you know, basically they were engaging in the practices of the, you know, pagan um, Canaanite culture that the Lord had brought Abraham out of. And, um, you know, they would be sacrificing their children to Baal and Molech. They would make them walk through the fire. Um, you know, they were engaged in cannibalism. Um, and again, you know, the sexual sins, um, <clears throat> you know, were abounding. But at it, you know, at the heart of this, the Lord, you know, had given them a commandment that they should have no other gods before him, that they should love him with all their heart. And that Number sign one. of love was that obedience, you know, that faithfulness, that commitment in an intimate relationship with the Lord. And so, you know, I think it kind of goes to some of that same terminology that it's speaking of those who refuse to, you know, enter into that covenant relationship with God. <clears throat> Yeah, so I'm just looking. Da, 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 da. Uh, anyways, I, I look. I'm seeing a little bit blurry, but I know in uh, in chapter 19 it has almost the exact same wording. Mm -hmm. The angel came out, but he showed the bride, right? right. And so, what is the opposite of a bride? <laughs> It's pretty, it's yeah. a prostitute, right? Right. Um, and and the, the prostitute says so much to me. Um, when we think of just what prostitute is, first of all, it's has to do with money, right? So mm -hmm. money uh, is, for many people in this world, a greater God than our God. Yeah. Right? They worship money, worship mammon. That's why God said you cannot worship both me and mammon. He didn't say both me and the devil. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he said me. He can. You cannot worship me and mammon. So the prostitute is the opposite of the bride. So it's the polar opposite. And there's money involved. And and by the way, uh, when you take it in context of the end days, being in bed with the prostitute is probably going to be easier than being the bride. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> you won't be able to buy or sell unless you're in bed with the prostitute. Yeah. Then it says who sits on many waters. And, you know, I, I really wish I had re greater revelation on why God uses waters here. The only thing I can think of Jesse is, that you know, two thirds of the world is covered in waters and many waters. I think it's it's just the spirit of Babylon is around the world now because let's face it, the saints are gone at this point. Yeah. 
Well, I think it's very, you know, there's a lot of depth into even that little phrase. First of all, um, you know, scripture speaks of those waters that, you know, all the way back in Genesis, it talks about the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the deep over these waters. Um, later, you know, in the book of Job, we learned that, you know, those deep waters that there's an enemy that likes to, um, you know, we'll, I, I don't want to use the word frolic, that's not quite the right word, but Leviathan, you know, likes to uh, slither, slink around within those deep waters where the spirit of God is moving um, and dwelling. And, you know, so we've got this enemy that likes to attack in this domain. And, you know, as we get further into scripture, it speaks of the those waters that they represent the nations, you know, and this intimate relationship that God is meant to dwell with man. And yet we have this enemy that comes in, um, even into the place where God is dwelling with us and is, you know, pulling us away, drawing us to these abomin abominations into, you know, tempting us in engaging in sin. And, you know, it, <clears throat> when you think about that, you know, the word prostitute really brings back that womb, which we know the womb is the place, you know, where a woman who would get pregnant, that's where she's going to have a child or the fruit that she would bear, which is what God wants us all to freely bear. So what's interesting about that is that, you know, in a way it implies that you've got this woman sitting on all these waters that represent the nations, but they're still in the water. They haven't been birthed. They haven't come to life. There's no fruit that's been born yet. Um, so, you know, it starts to kind of get into this deep uh, imagery of what's happening in both the physical and the spiritual world uh, with this, um, the spirit of prostitution that has been over the nations that, you know, leads them to worshiping the Antichrist. You know, when, when you were saying that, Jesse, that was such a brilliant, uh, astute observation. And as you're saying that, you know, I keep, I keep thinking of the Tower of Babel. And, mm -hmm. you know, look, look at what the God wanted his people spread out. He wanted people to go out and be in the countrysides and stuff like that. And people in the countrysides aren't as easily controlled by Satan and his system and things like that. And so, you know, and, and by the way, prostitutes aren't in the countryside. They're in the city, right? Yeah. You know, there, there's so much here that, uh, that there's so much symbolism in Babylon and, and things. And so we'll just continue on, but I appreciate that you saying that and, uh, so the great prostitute sits on many waters with whom the kings of the earth committed acts of sexual immortality. And those who live on the earth became drunk with the wine of her sexual immorality. So who are the kings of the earth at this time? Well, it, it really goes on to answer this a little bit later on in the chapter, obviously. So these are the world leaders. Right. Right. These are the, the people who were, you know, in charge at the time. And if you if you look at, you know, even well, quite honestly, even in the United States, uh, you know, we're supposed to there's supposed to be a, a republic. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but yet the presidents act as kings writing executive orders. Seeing right. that right now, Joe Biden's not a president. He's acting like a king. Yeah. Doesn't care what the people think, does the opposite, you know, like it's mm -hmm. so in your face. So it's the kings of the earth and, <coughs> oh, excuse me. And obviously, you know, there's other major leaders around the world, Putin, Xi, Macron, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah. these, these are the guys, that, you know, that's today's analogy. Who that is tomorrow, we don't know yet. Right. And they became drunk with the wine of her sexual immorality. I think that's an interesting analogy as well, because I don't think it's just wine they're talking about. Right. It's not. It included a lot of witchcraft. If you um, go back, you know, again, like in the books of Kings Chronicles, um, you know, it talks about the different kings of Israel and some of the same languages used, uh, particularly, you know, when it's speaking of um, King Ahab, who took Jezebel, who, you know, was a Babylonian princess as his wife. And it talks about how she you know, seduced the nations with her immoralities and, you know, mass sexual sin. Um, you know, it, it really implies that that was, you know, went into demonic revels, which is, you know, having sex with demons, um, you know, just very horrific things. And, uh, so I think you're right on with that. But I think it also spiritually, you know, goes into some of um, that immorality as well. That, you know, really there was a seducing unclean heart in, in these people that, um, you know, was drawing people to them as though they were a god and in control and running things. Yeah, and, and let's face it, you know, another way of looking at it as well, with drunk with the wine, um, if 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 you've ever experienced drinking to any extent, um, you know, I have, an, I have an old saying, beer makes bad decisions, <laughs> you know. Um, you will do things that you would not have done before. And once you cross a line, you want to cross the next line and you cross the next line and you get deeper and deeper into depravity with this mm -hmm. stuff. And so, you know, sexual immorality is one way of just kind of packaging it. But I, as Jesse yeah. said, I think it's much, much more. Well, like with Jezebel, you know, what did her drunkenness get her, you know, with King Ahab, she begged to have, you know, their neighbor's vineyard because it, his grapes were far bigger and better than hers, you know? And yeah. where did that lead? It led to murder. You know, she murdered somebody for his vineyard. Um, had no, you know, remorse, no second thought about it. Um, it was just that, you know, I can take whatever I want to take, you know, because I am, I can the do whatever I want to do that, you know, that freedom that they gave themselves in that sin, there was no limit, no bounds to the sin and no self-control at all. You know, 
And, and and look look at you know we know just about everyone famous now uh, we know as a mason we we yeah. know all these things and what's their big thing do what thou wilt they think that they're gods yeah they don't care what you think they're you know do what thou wilt and and they have no reservations when you say do what thou wilt that means anything to these right. people right. <sighs> yep, it means you decide what's right, what's wrong. There's no, you know, God-given rights or wrongs. Um, it's every man makes his own rules, and you do what feels good for you. That's it right. It doesn't matter and, uh, what the cost if, is to others. Go ahead, if making sorry. sacrifices gets you more demonic <laughs> power, then do what thou wilt. Yep. And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast full of blasphemous names, having seven heads and 10 horns. The woman was clothed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold, precious stones, pearls, holding in her hand, a gold cup of abominations and of the unclean things of her sexual immorality. I'll stop there because there's so much in there, Jesse. And I know right. you, you can decode a lot of that stuff for us. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, you know, I'd start with the gold cup, um, you know, going back to that symbology of the womb and, and the Masonic beliefs, you know, the Illuminati beliefs that, you know, there was this air, there was a seed, and, you know, that that really that gold cup represents that chalice of um, carrying the seed of Cain, you know, which is the seed of iniquity and sin. And, um, you know, that stems back to Lucifer and, um, yeah. you know, theories that men and angels can be gods. Um, so, you know, I think that's really what that goes back to and. You know, the dragon thing is very interesting in all the colors. You know, we know that those colors often were more expensive, harder to attain. So usually it was only royalty that had the scarlets, the purples, the blues. Um, so it implies that, you know, this woman, which if you think about it, you know, if, if a woman in those days was a prostitute, you know, she would not be wearing those colors normally. No, unless... not with gold and precious <laughs> stones and pearls. Right. So, so there's this implication that you've got this royal individual or somebody that, you know, the kings of the earth literally are elevating, raising her up into that royal status where they're setting her up, um, as royalty that they are following and uh, subjecting themselves to. And, and they do raise it up for a time. And I think that's going to be really evident as we go forward. So what I see from this, <clears throat> I really do apologize for coughing and stuff, ladies and gentlemen, I really do apologize. Um, I hope I don't get my voice like I did the other night. <laughs> I got that on the uh, prayer chat. <laughs> Your your deep oh my soothing goodness. nighttime radio. Barry White voice. had nothing over me. <laughs> <laughs> but 
so for, for what I see here is the woman is the system and it's sitting on the beast. Yeah. Essentially. And it's full of blasphemous names, obviously having seven heads and 10 horns. And then the woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and adorned with precious stones and pearls, holding her hand, a gold cup of abominations and the unclean things of her sexual immorality. And on her forehead name was written a mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of prostitutes of the abominations of the earth. I actually, I'm going to continue. Then I'm going to go back and get into a couple of things here. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the witnesses of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered greatly. And the angel said to me, why do you wonder? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her, and which the seven heads and ten horns. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, um, with this description of the woman or the system, the Babylon system that is sitting on the beast, I think this is a perfect description of the Catholic Church and the Vatican. I won't disagree with that. I think that that, you know, I believe that, I don't want to say that there's multiple interpretations. What I believe is that literally this is a layered interpretation, you know, so I believe that it does represent multiple things at one time. And, you know, I'd be in agreement with that, that I do believe that's one of the things it represents is, you know, the Vatican and the Catholic church. Well, and, and look what they're doing just with this, uh, this new one world church thing that they're starting. Right. Yeah. And, and think, listen, do, do, do they, does the Vatican have precious stones? Does it have purple and scarlet? Does it have pearls? Does it have cups, gold cups, gold chalices? Yeah. What What about the abominations? You know, um, what do you call a priest? <clears throat> a father. Right. Is so that an abomination to God? Yeah, isn't it in John 6? Or it's in the book of John where it says, you shall call nobody father but me. But it gets worse. Who do you well, confess your sins to in a Catholic church? Yeah, the priest and scripture says that Jesus Christ is our mediator between God and man. But they're putting God, they're putting man as God. Yeah. And oh, and by the cup. way, not only yeah. that, they put Mary at, in there too to forgive sins. That's right. They pray to all these saints. Where does it say that in the Bible? What about the Eucharist? And they get and and they got drunk on the blood. They, they think when they're drinking wine and, and the Eucharist, they believe that they're actually drinking the blood of Jesus and eating his body. 
It's more yeah. than symbolism, folks. Transfiguration, which in, again, John 6 um, and some of the other chapters there, uh, the Lord himself says, you know, his disciples even brought that up. They said, are you telling us like that we're drinking your real blood and your body? Like, is that what you're going to tell us? And Jesus says, no, I'm speaking of spiritual things. And do this in remembrance of me. That's right. So he. And so every time we eat and we drink, we should give thanks to God for our provision. Yeah. You know, both in the spirit and in the physical. Now, the other thing is, has the, has the Catholic Church or the Vatican in particular, because we want to get into the uh, the seven horns, like the, it's the seven mountains around it. It's, a, it's the city with seven mountains, right? Yeah. So has the Vatican ever crucified the saints or killed the saints? Like yes, the actual people have. serving God? Yes, they have. How about if you tried to translate the word of God into the language that a common man could speak? Because they were keeping the Bible to themselves. No, no, no. You can't see the Bible. Only we can see the Bible for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. By the way, they, they call themselves the universal church. That means one church, one world church. And now it's the house of one. <laughs> And now it's the house of one, bringing it all together. And, and, and by know, the way, it, bring it, out it, more on Tuesday. You know, we're going to break down more of this that, you know, those who have been given charge of the beast, um, you know, they have names. They sit on a committee together, every single one of them, you know, let's be honest, who, I, I guess I'll give a teaser. Who's Merlin? We need to be looking at the Holy See. So. Whoa, that is a teaser indeed. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, listen, I, by the way, I'm I'm learning it because Jesse's been giving me some materials to study ahead of time and... Uh, I'm putting the pieces together, and of course, I'm putting some other pieces in. So I'll have something to contribute, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> you always do. <laughs> we have but, good yeah, uh, the, the Merlin thing. Deep. Yeah, and, uh, deep and it, interesting. It gets really interesting. So this it's not only the Catholic church. You look at all the, a lot of the other religions, they came out of the Catholic church or were inspired by the Catholic church and their ability to grab power and control people. Yeah. But I think we need to clarify too, in, you know, the Jesuit Catholic church again, you know, it's important to know that not every individual who attends those churches are bad or compromised There are good, faithful men and women who are there. And, you know, even those who, you know, I know several who have chosen where they consider that their mission field to bring out the truth um, to people who are there. And, you know, the thing is, you know, we're at that time really where it's a fine line. We're going to have to be making choices. You know, what constitutes the body of Christ? If we are the church, the bride, um, 
how does that look? Can we anymore be aligned with those who, um, you know, really are of Babylon, you know, who are part of the synagogue of Satan at the highest levels? Can we partake in that and be part of that? And many of these in individuals, you know, have lived their cover lives, have lived in guise, um, you know, where authentically many of them believe that they are doing the work of God. The same yeah. as the Apostle Paul. You know, what did he do? He went out, he persecuted the Christians, the brethren, to the point of, of murder. He had every intent of destroying them all, murdering them all. And he was doing it in the name of the Lord as a vigilante. Um, that's a lot of these high-level Jesuits, the same thing. You know, they do this in the name of God and believe that they're serving God. But really, they are not. They are serving the beast. And it's time for these truths to come forward um, because they are not the true church or the true bride. All of us together are. And right. um, it's the, the church is the congregation. It's when we get yeah. together. So, you know, technically we're having church here. We are. It, you know, uh, by by definition, I think we're having church. It might be virtual church, but yeah. we are still having church in our togetherness and going over the word of God. Um, correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. And by the way, I'm willing to take some hits over this. I get it. But I, I do want to uh, double up what Jesse said. We're not coming against everyone who goes to a Catholic church uh, or every priest. There are some really godly men who went in it with the right intention. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, but there's so many things wrong with it, like the the celibacy uh, thing. And listen, Paul said it's better for you to be celibate if, if you can. But when you're forced to be celibate, to become a man of God, they're creating monsters. Look, when you can't have something, you want it even more. Right? Yeah. And then, so what do they do? They stick these little altar boys in front of them and stuff like that. Come on. It's a setup, man. And you want to go up the ranks. They work works the same way as the political system. Yep. And uh, at the very top, again, you know, we'll bring out the Holy See. Um, you know, really, it needs to be looked at and gone through. If I had a lice comb for the Holy See, I totally would use it. <laughs> um, there's so much, you know, pestilence so much evil that is there that needs to be brought forward to the surface to the light and you know a lot of the financial backing and funding um for a lot of the evil happening comes through those who sit in those positions of power and authority and um you know at the highest levels they're on councils within the system and, uh, you know, where does their wealth come from? Their wealth comes from, you know, all the incinerators they built into every Catholic church so it could heat itself, but really, you know, so they could cover up the crimes and make diamonds out of children. And, um, you know, somebody needs to bring forward things about the diamonds that the Holy See has. And- uh, Well, we will. <laughs> we will. <laughs> and we have talked about the diamonds before as well. And uh, 
you know, I wonder when we see these Hollywood celebrities adorned and all adorned in all these diamonds now, now that I know. Yeah. And I what think was the real know, price place, of that? It's a place of real humbleness. You know, um, we don't, I guess, you know, in a way today it feels like we're coming off, you know, attacking, but really we're bringing forward those truths that, you know, how can you have a bride um, that is so tainted and where do you draw the line? You know, where do you bring forward the truths about, you know, what's really happening, what's really going on? Um, and I believe, you know, this is the time people need to make those decisions. You know, where are you going to stand? And I would say standing doesn't mean we just say it's us against them. You know, no. um, the Lord is clear that he literally is going to cause a division, a dividing line, and he's going to separate the lambs from the goats. And, um, you know, he's stated that very clearly. Yet, um, I believe we're in this period of time right now before that division happens where the Lord's heart is to, you know, he doesn't desire anybody to perish. So Not one. You know, now's the time to bring out that truth and to call people to come out of that darkness and into the light. And that's why we're coming up so hard against this apostasy. Look, if you're going to stand on something, we stand on the 66 books that are here that we have yeah. in the canon. Um, look, there's nothing wrong with reading Enoch, you know, or, or things like that, getting some additional information. It's not in the canonized word of God. And, and you know, in saying this, and this is hard to do because I know, listen, uh, my parents were atheists, okay? But they brought me to the Catholic Church to get, you know, baptized because that was a social thing to do, I guess. I've renounced it, ladies and gentlemen. I've had to renounce that. And, and I renounced it when I got baptized as an adult under my own choosing. Right. And we went to a river and I was fully submerged, you know, mm -hmm. um, not I, a little, I had baby, to do that as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, to remove the baptisms that they had put on me and, you know, choose for myself that this day, you know, I'm choosing to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm choosing to follow him and to make him my Lord and the God of my life. So listen, I, I haven't been keeping up with chat. I don't know what's been happening in there, but uh, look, I, I feel I'm, I'm, I feel compelled and I believe I'm doing, we're doing this in service of the Lord. Yeah. A lot of uh, people are saying, a lot of people are saying, yes, you know, they agree. The exposure needs to happen. It needs to take place. Um, you know, so I think a lot in our audience acknowledge the challenge in this topic, um, you know, and recognize that, that it's a hard topic to talk about. Um, but it seems like a lot of people are in agreement that it has to be talked about. It can't be skirted around anymore. Well, we have the one of the greatest audiences around, or, or not even audience. We'll call it a church from now on. You know, uh, we have the greatest congregation. I'm telling you, the 
the depth of knowledge in our uh, and a lot of it uh, due to you, Jesse. Um, you know, a lot of credit goes to you. You've woken a lot of people up, and a lot of our audience has followed you on many shows and got a lot of different things as as I have. Um, and I'm I'm so glad that I know this stuff now, and I'm not just going to be a sheeple. But man, this has ruined me. <laughs> like, <laughs> my wife wanted to watch a movie last night. We kind of, you know, Saturday night, we just want to spend the night together. And, you know, we kind of cut off the distractions. So I, the opening scene of the movie, I'm like, oh my goodness, symbolism, symbolism. And it was a comedy, right? You know, it's like, it just, I can't see anything now. <laughs> Welcome to my world, Jeff. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, everywhere you go, it's everywhere. And it just, I mean, as a kid, it was overwhelming because, you know, you had to pretend like it wasn't there and nobody else would ever acknowledge it. And I would just be like, you know, there's just no getting away from it. It's everywhere. But the time is now for it to all come out. And, uh, and we, we pray we're doing God's will, uh, saying that stuff. So, uh, let's let's continue because we got to get through this. Um, this show is going to go a little bit longer than normal, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And the angel said to me, why do you wonder? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her and which has seven heads and ten horns. The beast you saw was and is not. So pay attention to that. Was and is not and is about to come up out of the abyss go to destruction and those who live on the earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will wonder when they see the beast that was and is not and will come well let's just continue uh here is the mind which has wisdom the seven heads are the seven mountains. Again, to say, now they said Israel and even Brazil have like the city or set cities of seven mountains. Yeah. But the description here seems really clear to me that they're talking about the Vatican. Um, so the seven heads are the seven mountains upon which are which the woman sits, and they are seven kings. Five has fallen. One is the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he'll remain a little while. So let's just stop there because this is so interesting. So we have the seven mountains and then we have essentially the kings, right? Mm -hmm. But one of which was and is gone and is coming back. Right. Remember in chapter 13, the Antichrist rises. Mm -hmm. He comes into some power. He's taken out with a brutal head wound. And he comes back. And he comes back. So was, is gone, and then is back. And then it says, and one is will remain in power for just a little while. So when he's gone into the abyss, you know, faking the resurrection, 
someone else has to come into power probably for three days. Yeah. Right? This is mapping it out like exactly what we're going to see. So he must remain a little while. The beast, which was and is not, is himself also an eighth and is one of the seven. So you see, he's one of the seven, Mm -hmm. but he goes away and he comes back as an eighth. Right. Because he was and now he's counted again. Yep. And he goes to destruction. The ten horns, (coughs) excuse me, which you saw are the ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but they receive authority as kings with the beast for one hour. And I I believe that, you know, that some of those individuals or the majority that that are UN members. Yes. That they're not kings, but they have the authority of kings, but they will be given further authority. Essentially, they're going to be in charge of the different continents of the earth, right? Yeah. And then they only have the power for a short little time because, listen, any administration needs hands on the ground, but then Mm -hmm. they lay it all up and give it to the beast. Yeah. Because it says here, clearly, they have one purpose and they give their power and authority to the beast. Right. (coughs) And some of this you can... um, I'd encourage people to read the Fourth Reich. Um, there's further, uh, not material you can access, but um, you know, at the highest levels, you know, we're, we're taught that it only goes to the Fourth Reich with the Nazi system, but um, there's ten Reichs, and that implies the ten individuals who will have the authority and dominion over um, the kingdoms. So uh, that council is known as the 10th Reich. Fits perfectly. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I'm getting my voice back. (laughs) (laughs) And now it is time for everybody to take a nap because Jeff has his great voice that is so calming and soothing. They will wage war against the lamb. (laughs) (laughs) And the lamb will overcome them because he is the Lord of lords and king of kings. And those who are with him are called the chosen and faithful. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. So the Lord will overcome. Why? Because he's the Lord of lords and the king of kings. Amen. Ah, And then more interpretation comes. And he said to me, the waters which you saw where the prostitute sits are the peoples and multitudes of the nations and languages. And the ten horns which you saw and the beast, these will hate the prostitute and will make her desolate and naked and will eat her flesh and burn her up with fire. So, That's infighting. You see that? Yeah. Because the Babylon, the prostitute, 
which has been this religious spirit, which is not of God, has been operating in the world this whole time. And then they turn, they turn on her, they expose her. That's almost like the light exposing the dark, but it's the light side exposing the dark side. What do you think, Jesse? Am I, is that a stretch? No, I, I do believe it, you know, that it does involve the light side of the system, but I also believe it will involve believers as well that, that, you know, because of the things that are exposed about the prostitute, you know, that, that there will be, you know, a huge upheaval um, in a intent to destroy, you know, the prostitute. So I think well, that you'll have both that will play a part in that. Well, you see, I, I really think again, and this is my interpretation doesn't mean I'm right by any means, but I really don't think that we, the saints are on the earth at this time. So right. what's you happening is the antichrist is saying, no, 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 no. Now it's all about me. It's all about me. That's what he's saying. It has nothing to do with anything else now. Now the, now the jig is up. Uh, you're all here. There's no escape. And, you know, so they, yeah, they he literally... He them to destroy themselves, you know, turning on each other. Well, he, listen, you think the devil loves anyone who serves him? I don't think so. No, he doesn't. He, he he's an angel. He hates humans. He yeah. hates God's creation. Even if you serve him, he hates you. If you're in the system and you're listening to this, get out. Yeah. Well, I think up until this point, you know, the system is kind of, you know, we'll just use it flexibly, but um, it's, it's this entity of its own, you know, it's, it's a working organism and you know, people have been so ingrained in this and at the highest levels, you know, what is their purpose for becoming one with this system? They believe that, you know, they have power, they have authority, they have control, that the system is literally making them gods and allowing them to live as gods. And, you know, who's been kind of catering behind that? It, it's been Lucifer and the beast. And, you know, so willingly they have served because they're getting something out of that deal. But when they start to realize that this system has not served them, that, you know, that it's betrayed them in a way that in the end, you know, they get the same fate that even the Christians got by the devil's hand, you know, that, hey, he's not just, he, he wasn't just hunting and persecuting all the Christians, now it's your turn to get hunted and persecuted. And, you know, they realize that it's not, this war isn't against flesh and blood. You know, it's against principalities and spirits right. and authorities and rulers. And now those rulers are turning against you because they're going after God. And, um, you know, I think that that's when there's going to be this huge wake up and shift um, force the majority of those people who have been serving that system. Well, certainly Armageddon chapter 19 is going to be a big wake up, but 
Uh, well, listen, we've already had the wrath of God by this point. Now we're, you know, we're setting up Babylon being taken out. Uh, Babylon well, is taken out it, in chapter we can 18. Give a teaser. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And then chapter 19, we get to, uh, to, you know, the, the Armageddon, but here's the, I, I want to focus on this for a minute because this is the best part of this chapter. Uh, obviously, when it says God's going to have victory because he's Lord of Lords and King of Kings, we, okay, we get that because no one is greater than God. Right. No angel. He, he created the angels. Give me a break, right? But I just want to read this in context. Um, they will hate the prostitute and will make her desolate and naked and will eat her flesh and burn her up with fire. For God put it in their hearts to execute his mm -hmm. purpose by having a common purpose and giving by their kingdom to the beast until the words of God will be fulfilled. Such a great verse. So God commands them essentially, no, no, he puts it on their hearts. So no yeah. matter how twisted and evil these people are, and they've been seduced by these demonic spirits, God can still talk to him. No, no, do this. Yep. <laughs> God still moves the hearts of men. <laughs> That's just the best part of the chapter for me. <laughs> so, very good. Well, it's oh. going to get interesting next week for sure. You know, we it the next few chapters just completely build on this and uh it'll get very interesting. And just to just to conclude the very last uh, verse, the woman who you saw is the great city, which reigns over the kings of the earth. And by the way, right now, does anyone really believe the Roman Empire ever went away? I don't. It's the last of the four great dynasties. It's still here. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So, what a chapter. Great chapter. Yeah. God is really, really good. Hey, if you haven't done it yet, hit the like button. <laughs> and by the way, if some of you are not subscribed, and check to see if that bell is checked, because apparently uh, the software keeps kicking people off of the notifications. I don't know why. Hmm. Oh, I know why. We're telling truth. <laughs> so. Well, shall we pray? Yeah. Uh, before we do, I just want to give a couple announcements and we'll close out with prayer. Uh, so stay tuned for announcements about next Saturday. Uh, more, we're going to have the Saturday night sermon. We're going to have something very special after that. Uh, definitely check out Tuesday's show and tell some friends to tune in. If you haven't seen last Tuesday's show where it, the headline says it gets worse, you got to check that out because we're going to be expanding on that. That's kind of going to be pre-required knowledge uh, to go forward. And yeah, the teaser was uh, Merlin. Huh. That's such an innocent cartoon. <laughs> not so innocent, Jeff. <laughs> no, not at all. Fairy tales are not really fairy tales. We're going to learn. <laughs> and and where, where this is going... Uh, to my estimation, and you know, Jesse will probably correct me somewhere down the line because more will come out, but this is going to the very highest level. Mm 
-hmm. Like, there's not a lot above this. Nope. That I can see. Like, I can't imagine. Mind you, I couldn't imagine half of this stuff beforehand. <laughs> We're not supposed to think this way. But uh, it's going to come out. Oh, I know what else I want to mention is uh, if you have not gone to mylibertystand.com, what are you waiting for? And by the way, it's non-caustic. It's all good for you. And coming up to this giving season, pretty much everyone I know, I'm having the convenience of buying North American, it's not on a container, and giving good stuff to my friends and family. So hint, hint for my friends and family, uh, that's what you're getting. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm literally putting all my Christmas shopping in there, or most of it. Wow. That's, that's amazing, Jeff. I really like the shampoo. You can put that on my <laughs> Christmas list. <laughs> it is the best shampoo, isn't it? But, there, but there's so much more. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, there's 450 products. Um, anyways, we're not we're not selling. Um, we're just saying go go to mylibertystand.com, read it, and and if you choose to sign up, sign up. But I'm so glad I did. Um, okay, we're not going to talk about your course today because we don't sell anything on Sunday. But check out Tuesday's show, and we'll probably have some more content this week as well. Um, yeah, I think we can bring that out that we're, you know, we're building quite a few more courses and we've got, uh, you know, so really good stuff that is coming forward and more on the, you know, people have been involved in uh, anointing the land, taking that back. We're going to really break that down more, get to the next level, the nitty gritty with that, um, go through scriptural uh, domain and land, right, uh, verses and really you know, hash that out some more. So more of a uh, deep dive on it. Yeah. yeah, We'll have a more of an advanced uh, dive into that. And um, actually we've kind of plotted out the next year uh, to some extent. Uh, we have. With, yeah. And, so and had some great materials coming out. And, and by the way, as a bonus, and I haven't even mentioned this to you, Jesse, and I've only had it, it just, I was talking with Cisco the other day and, you know, Cisco is such a wealth of information. Their book is fantastic and everything else, but um, I couldn't get her to do a course, for instance. It's just, you know, there's some challenges right. there. Uh, but our audience loves her so much that I've uh, I've started to talk to Cisco about possibly doing an interactive session uh, with, with some of the audience, uh, mm -hmm. you know, before Christmas uh, with her. So uh, yeah, stay tuned. That as well. That would be great. Uh, Jesse, would you close us out in prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Heavenly Father, I just end this time today with all my fellow believers, Lord, just giving thanks that you have created each of us. You have formed us in such an amazing way, and so many differences, so many beautiful things that we have to offer each other, Lord. And I just delight in that, Lord. It it really gives me so much joy to see others stepping forward and yes, seeing it. It's almost like a display of your beauty, Lord, that each one, um, I'm going to go there with the imagery real quick. Um, but it's like the Lord, you know, is taking his bride and his word says that he has, you know, 
even made his bride a wedding gown that he's hand embroidered everything on that gown. And Lord, your desire is just to bring each of us forward and to display our beauty before the nations. And so I thank you for that. Um, I pray that each individual here today would know how much you love them and how precious they are to you that you have purchased your bride with your own blood and there is no way that you are not coming back for us. Yes. So I just thank you for that, Lord. And we give you all the glory today. And I ask that you would just reassure our hearts with those truths that we would know that um, you loved us enough to pursue us, to make us the beautiful wife that you desire us to be, and that mm -hmm. you will come for us. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So having said all of that, remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community.